Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. This morning, I pray that your peace would fill the hearts of your people. Lord, give us faith for this hour. Lord, that we might not hold back, that we might not reserve. Father, help us this morning to see the opportunities that are presented in even the most difficult circumstances. Enlarge our faith, expand our thinking. Father, let us see all things through your perspective. Give us eyes of faith. Give us hearts that believe. Father, begin to deal with fear and doubt concerning the future in all of us. We thank you for that peace that goes way beyond all understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And the church said... You can give the Lord a hand of praise. And you may be seated. God bless you. Uh, I do want to thank Pastor Omar, Pastor Letty. Thank you for the opportunity again. Um, They're giving me another chance at this. Hopefully I don't... (laughs) Inside joke. That's why we... You know, the... uh, This is family. And uh, we're so honored to be here. And it's a blessing to see you. And, and yeah, I think, Pastor Omar, because what was happening is we, we both have been just traveling. So I'd come in. But that's part of the honor of what I get to do is I know that it actually helps to release you to begin to do things uh, like that. So it's an honor to be there uh, serving. And I know even when we're, you're not here, you're here, you know. And so in the spirit, we're always connected. And uh, Steve and I, we're sons of the house. And we're blessed to be here. This is our home church, where we grew up, where we were given opportunity ministry. In fact, what, you pro- what some of you probably don't know is, you, you see, those of you who are in that back room, you're in the cave. That's what we call it. We call it the cave. You see how kind of like a little indent that goes in there. There used to be a wall that went up right in front of all of you, right where that pole, or right behind that pole, actually, it would go like this way. And the stage was over here. And the sound booth was over here. There was a little window right here, and me, Steve, and Isaiah would sit there sometimes, maybe having a little too much fun uh, joking around during the service. But the, the, the stage used to be over there, and, and actually, when we first started to do live streams, we would set up right, right around where you're sitting is where our first TV live stream setup was. And man, we were, we, were, we, were, we were some of the first to ever do live stream. These days, you can get on your phone and instantly live stream. Anyone can do it. We were doing live stream before anyone really even knew what live stream was. And we had to get this special software, get these special things to encode. And then for people to watch it, they had to go to a specific website and log in a certain... It was this whole thing, and it was much more difficult. And so we would broadcast there, and man... Some Sometimes our viewership would just skyrocket to 30 people. <laughs> but, but that's where we began. Uh, Pastor Omar actually allowed us to use um, not just the setup here, but they allowed us to use um, right in there is where me, Steve, Mike, Isaiah, and Tim. Is Tim here? Tim, wave at me big if you're in. He's somewhere running around right now. I, oh, he's next door running around. He's, he's in the control room. Of course he is. So um, he, that's actually the office where he started. 
um, I, I fired the guy that worked before him right in the cafe there. I'm serious. I, he got fired right there. And then I, I went over here to this room and I said, Tim, you're the director now. He said, I'm the what? I said, you're the director now. And so he took it from there and God, God blessed it. And here we are. And I just want to say thank you to uh, our home church. Now a reach church. But, um, but those little things aren't forgotten. That's, that's, that's Pastor Omar and Pastor Letty for you. That's what they believe in doing. Long-term relational investments. And it's, you don't get that a lot. And so I just want to honor you both. Honor your family. Your, your sons are like brothers to me. Omar is my oldest friend. I, I believe it or not, he's, he's the first. We were like, what? How old were we when we met? Like, we were, since we were born. And so I've known Omar the longest of all my friends. They say it takes a long time to have old friends. We're not that old yet. We're both in our 30s now. Uh, so, but, but again, and then, you know, Jakey and... Every, or Jacob, Pastor Jacob, sorry. <laughs> I'm just calling him what I call him. I'm sorry. I mean no disrespect. He knows that. He knows that. I honor him. I honor him. Um, but uh, yeah, this is just a wonderful family. And, um, you know, Pastor Omar used to pick us all up at school. Uh, we went to the same school. So sometimes Pastor Omar would be my ride home and we'd annoy him in the car ride on the way there to the house. And just, just lots, of, lots of history here. And, and I, I don't know, I, I probably don't talk about it enough, but, um, but we don't forget it. And it's always on our minds. It's, and, and so I just want to say thank you uh, to this house. Thank you to the leadership here. Thank you to our family. We love you guys. We really do. And um, so honored to be here. I'm going to bring a word that's a little different this morning. Usually when I minister, I usually I'll cover things like the Holy Spirit, prayer, spiritual warfare, evangelism, miracles, and so forth. But um, I really, I had a whole different message. I was going to minister on five trademarks of a mature believer, and I was just going to kind of lay out five indicators that you could use to measure your spiritual life. I might do that one in the 11 a.m., but just, it was just a sudden switch, and I literally, as like maybe two minutes before we walked out here, I switched the, the message here. And I want to talk to you about having faith over fear in times of crisis. Because the Bible says in Psalm 37, 25, once I was young... And now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor their children begging for bread. It's a promise of scripture. I am going to talk to you about finances this morning. Not just money, I'm not taking an offering. I'm talking about faith in the area of your finances. Now it's interesting to me that I can minister on almost any topic. I can minister, well not these days anymore, but you know, maybe two, three years ago, you could minister on any topic, no one would say anything. But, you know, like I, I could preach on, on the need to repent from sin, and no one is going to come up after the service and say, well, you shouldn't talk about repentance. I can preach on the spiritual gifts, and no one is going to come up after the service and say, well, you shouldn't have spent so long discussing the spiritual gifts. I, 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 if I were to minister on something as simple as receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit, no one would come up to me and say, well, you shouldn't talk about it. Just let God deal with the people concerning the baptism with the Holy Spirit. It's interesting to me that the only topic that people usually do that with, that they fight, that they complain about the length of time spent talking on it, they complain about the fact that nobody has faith for God to just deal with the people on their own, specifically is always this topic of money. 
And the reason for that is I believe that if the enemy can keep believers bound to lies in the area of their finances, he can keep the church from advancing the kingdom here on the earth. Now, to some, that might sound sacrilegious. My, you know, God's kingdom is not of this world, brother. And Jesus also said that the kingdom is among you. And Jesus also said to pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so there is a spiritual element of finances. And people don't like to talk about it because of the abuses. I mean, there are two extremes on this subject. On one side, you have the prosperity gospel, which promises nothing but health, wealth, and happiness, and declares things like that's central to the gospel message. We know the purpose of serving God isn't for what we get out of him. We know that we don't put our faith in him and that our salvation doesn't guarantee that everyone's going to walk out of here a millionaire. We understand that we will face hardships and trials and tribulations, and that not every circumstance will be perfectly ideal, just arranged how we want it. We get that. But the Bible also very clearly talks about the blessing of God. On the other extreme is the poverty gospel, and we imagine that poverty is a virtue. We put it up there with things like faith and humility, and we think that humility is tied with poverty. We think that faith is tied with poverty. Poverty is not a virtue, it's a bondage. And I'm just going to tell you like it is in the scripture, guys. And we're going to go over some problem scriptures that people have. And I say problem scriptures not because the scripture is problematic, but because of the way that the scripture is used and misunderstood, it can be problematic. Uh, let's go, for example, to, let's go now actually, 1 Timothy 6. I'm going to read verses 9 through 10, I'm going to, then I'm going to read verses 17 through 19. Um, but before I get into that, again, I, I understand the extremes, I understand the abuses on both sides. But, but we cannot be afraid to talk about things that are in the scripture. We cannot be offended when people mention things that are mentioned in the scripture. We cannot be bothered or disrupted or disgruntled because somebody is talking about or trying to teach us something or help us understand something that is in fact a biblical principle. We have to be willing to take all of the scripture or none of it. Now some might say, well, Brother David, isn't it a little bit odd that, or isn't it wrong to say that you need finances in order to build the kingdom? No. That's the system that God placed in the earth. And people think that money is the U.S. dollar or the peso or, you know, whatever, or the yen. That's not what money is. Money is a concept of exchange. Money is a concept even to some degree of honor. When you break down every financial system, biblically speaking at least, all it is is an exchange of goods and services. And this is what the Bible talks about. That value that's added. That's why the scripture rebukes the lazy man who doesn't work. When he can. Because everyone is to contribute in that way. And exchange what they have. Their gifts, their talents, their abilities. Even if it's just their time and their effort. In exchange for something else that's the value. That's all it is. It's an exchange system. And so when you understand that it's just a concept, then you understand scriptures that tell us that the Lord is the one who gives you the power to create wealth. Wealth is created. Wealth is not something that just exists. This is why I find it interesting, especially in my generation, we demonize people who do well financially, and we say things like, well, how come everything is concentrated toward them? Well, because they created the most value. Not in every case, but in many cases. Well, why don't they just give that away? Well, 
Think of all the things they're adding that they're infusing into the society through what they've created, through that creativity, through that hard work. Wealth is something that's created. It's not a limited supply. I've read an article or a headline, I should say, and the headlines are so twisted these days. Talked about how all of the money available is concentrated in a certain area. The money available? Money, money, money is not, it doesn't even exist unto itself. It's something that's, there's not a limited supply that others are hoarding. It is something that you create based on the value that God has given you to create. Now, having understood just that basic concept, we look at what the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 6. The Bible says, beginning at verse 9, But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. The scripture here is telling us of this longing to be rich. This, this, this I have to have it mentality. It is a form of greed. It is a mindset that is totally focused on money. It is a life that is totally lived for money. It is to pursue finance above all else. If everything you're doing ultimately is about money, the scripture tells you that you're going to plunge yourself into ruin and destruction. That's what the Bible says. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money. There's another strong word. This earnest desire, this, 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 this infatuation, this obsession with money. People who crave money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Now watch this, verse 17. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God who richly gives us all we need for our what? Enjoyment, interesting. Gives us all we need to just get by. Gives us all we need to scrape through life. No. Gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Now watch this. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need always being ready to share with others by doing this they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life now another interesting portion of scripture here i'll read it to you go to second corinthians 9 i'm going to show you the biblical definition here of what the bible refers to as prosperity because again prosperity is not when you have no troubles when all your problems are solved when everything's all 100% the way you want it I'm going to show you what biblical prosperity is and guys we're reading from scripture here notice in 1st Timothy the Bible doesn't say tell those who are rich to stop being rich we say well Jesus said to the rich young ruler Jesus said to that specific rich young ruler yes because he was testing his heart but what about Joseph of Arimathea who was a disciple of the Lord. The Bible doesn't say he was a half-hearted, lukewarm disciple of the Lord. No, Joseph of Arimathea was called a disciple for a reason. 
and he used his wealth to further the cause of Christ. In fact, Jesus had around him key donors to his ministry. If you read, you'll find that there were certain women who would pour finances into his ministry. He wasn't always feeding the 5,000 through the breaking of the bread through miracles. Why do you think it was the disciples when Jesus said, feed them, why do you think they said, well, we don't have enough to do that? Well, it's because it was a habit of theirs to pay for the meals of those who listened to the teachings of Jesus. This was a practice in their ministry. And so you look in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning at verse 6, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. This has to do with finances. Paul the apostle is talking about money right here in this context. Now watch this, verse 7. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Watch this now. This is so incredible. Every time I read this verse, I'm just, I'm amazed how many believers just gloss right over this. And God will generously provide all you need. Watch this now. Then, you will always, say always. always. Does it say sometimes? Does it say on some months, good quarters? No. Then you will always have everything you need, and here's my favorite part, and plenty left over to share with others. That is biblical prosperity. It's not measured in, in, in dollar amounts. It's not measured in the square footage of your home. Biblical prosperity is when your needs are met and there's enough left over to share with others. How many would love to just share with others in that wealth God has given you? The problem is, the problem is people who are blessed financially in many instances, they're not looking for that second part. They're looking for the needs to be met and plenty left over to just get more things that I want. And plenty left over to hoard for myself. I'm not against saving. But there's a fine line between saving and hoarding. And I think many times some people cross it. And that, that, I mean, they can't release it. I mean, they think a good, a good offering. Well, you know, I put, I put $1.20 in there. Kind of like, almost like the, the, extra, the extra change that's left over when you're checking out at the register. And say, would you like to donate? Well, there's my, my good deed for the day. And some people don't give to Jesus as if he's their Lord and Savior and King. There's no honor. I like to say sometimes there's no honor in an honorarium. There's no love in a love offering. And they just kind of just give what they can to the Lord. And they're tipping the one who saved their soul. Thanks for saving me. Here's a nice little tip for you. Why? Because, because it's not just... You know that our giving is tied not just to our honor of the Lord. It's also to the honor of the ministry that we're giving toward. Because if our mindset is just, oh, it's just this little church on the corner. Just a small time ministry. Just doing a few nice things. Oh, you know, I'll help pay for those little things. That, that You realize this is a global ministry. And until you see it that way, your giving won't reflect that. Yeah, you may have come here on the, the, uh, off of Somerset Boulevard. You may have parked your car here and you may see it as a local church. Just some small thing that God is doing. But this is not just some small thing. And we need to start seeing it for what it can be. And seeing it for what it is. And so, the problem comes when we cross that line... And we begin to fall into what the scripture describes as, as, as being plunged into ruin and destruction. To where now, 
We're so focused on money, it's, it's become like, like a God. Let me show you something else. I wasn't going to pull this up. I was debating whether I should, but I want to show you. Matthew 6. Here's another portion of scripture where Jesus talk, is talking about material things. Matthew chapter 6. Let's go to verse 24. And I'll give you the context. The context is Jesus is talking about not worrying. And he's listing all of the material needs that you have in this world. What you eat, what you wear, who's going to take care of you, all of that. So he's saying, don't worry about any of that. And then he says this, (laughs) in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Verse 25, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Connect these thoughts here for a second. You can't serve two masters. That's why I tell you not to worry. What does that mean? It means that worry is how you worship mammon. Worry is how you worship mammon. Now, when I first began to understand this, at first I thought, no, that sounds a little harsh. That sounds a little, that sounds a little heavy. And I had to really think about this, and I had to really process this. I'm like, okay, so is it the case that every time I worry about money, that I'm worshiping mammon, or I'm giving more power to mammon in my mind than I am to Christ? And the answer is yes. And I didn't like this conclusion because I thought, no, no, I'm, I'm a man of faith. Surely, Lord, you understand those circumstances where someone is struggling, and it's okay in certain seasons that you struggle. And this doesn't mean you're not a real Christian. This doesn't mean you don't have faith. Please, again, those are the extreme abuse, uh, abusive teachings of the prosperity gospel that we're not talking about here. So, so don't put those teachings on what I'm saying here today. But, but do you realize that, that when you worry, it, it, is a, it is a form of distrust because the only reason you would worry is because you don't really believe that God will take care of you. If I'm 100% convinced, if I were to write you a check right now, I said, hey, what's your debt? And I were to pull out a checkbook, which I don't have it, but if I, if I were to pull it out and, and write a check, here's the amount of the debt that you owe. I could do it maybe if it was under 100 bucks, right? So I, I give it to you. But let's just say, let those big numbers, right? If I write out a check to you, here, here's the check amount, there it is. Well, you would go home, the worry would just... Whew, why do you trust more in a check than you do in the word? Why would you trust my signature over God's word? Why would you trust what I endorse over what God is standing behind? Think about that. And you would. If you walked out of here with that check, you would be flooded with relief. But here the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Proverbs 8, 1 and 17 and 18 says, listen as wisdom calls out. Here is understanding, raises her voice. I love all those who love me, those who search 
will surely find me. I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. Here we see a personification of wisdom crying out. And wisdom says, if you apply me in my hands, I have riches and honor. Now, why would we consider poverty something to embrace, something of the kingdom, if wisdom applied eradicates it? If poverty is of God, why does wisdom get rid of it? If poverty is of God, why is there no poverty in heaven? If poverty is of God, why isn't it a promise? I shall cause you to walk in poverty all the days of your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you can give me historical examples of certain figures who may have suffered. And even to this day, our brothers and sisters are being martyred around the world. But, but I think it's a false dichotomy to say either we have to honor the martyrs or we have to embrace that there is suffering or we embrace that there is blessing. But do you realize that God and his sovereignty allows his people to experience both and that there are biblical principles that when applied can produce things in our lives? You know, the rest of the world is panicking right now. Do you, realize, like, do you really believe the media anymore? Like, Really? I, I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling through Instagram. Not only do I see media, I see like some friends of mine even sometimes. Oh, it's all coming down. And I'm like, it's like, almost like you want that to happen. I'm not talking about bubbles and markets. I'm talking about the whole system, the financial. Oh man, it's going to get so bad. I saw the other day, they, they, there was a report that was saying that actually inflation has pretty much leveled out and it's coming down. And then I saw the comments. Oh, but that's just the calm before the storm. And it's like the only people who want the systems to fail are the ones who are losing. And they're hoping for that failure. And it's like this joyful, it's like, like those people who like to share bad news. Oh, it's coming down. Did you hear? The whole inflation's going to go way up. And, and, and people are just spreading fear without a second thought. I don't even, I get, I get so angry when I see stuff like that. I used to be, you know, the one sharing it. Then I, then I thought, oh, maybe it's a little exaggerated. And then it came to the place where I'm like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I just kind of grow past it. Now I'm like, it's almost like a righteous indignation. Like, what are you doing spreading that fear around? Did you hear there was at the job market that, that at my job, I was, I was getting reports that they're just laying people. Okay, yes, that may be so. But do you realize that there are more than one sectors and, and, and that there are, there's a constant fluctuation in, in all different realms and all different areas? And I'm not saying that things don't get bad. I would be, I would be ignorant. It would be ignorant of me to say that things don't get bad. But the reality is this, while the rest of the world is panicking, people who truly understand the systems are taking bold steps forward and seizing opportunities. They, we, the people are reacting just the way they want them to react. Do you realize that in this season, and I'll say this as a testimony, and, and please, when I say this, I, I don't want to come across as, look what I did, look how great we are. No, 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 no. This is all glory to God. He's, he deserves the glory. He's the one who's done this. And we just follow the biblical principles. But in this season, our ministry has actually expanded even more than ever before. When everyone told us, get ready, batten down for the hatches, you know, just, just hit the deck. It's coming, the storm. And I get it. There is a storm. And I get it that there are trials. And I get it that things go up and down. And I get it that, hey, maybe in one day it will affect us. But why worry? 
honestly, 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 everything that is being put out there in, in the systems of the world right now is either grossly exaggerated or an outright lie. Oh, it'll be like the Great Depression. Do you realize there were people prospering in the Great Depression? Do you realize that some of the most powerful ministries actually grew exponentially in the Great Depression? What's the difference? It's faith or fear. Cutting back, cutting back, people cut back. You know, I've, I've, with, with several friends of mine and different people that I know, we've started two businesses in the past two months and have seen more come in in the past couple of months than ever. And again, this is not me saying, look at how great I'm doing. Guys, I, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm just standing here saying, these work. These principles work. And what are these principles? I'm going to show you right now, but again... And it won't take me too long because the principles are simple. But I really want to take my time with giving this to you because there has to be a lot of groundwork laid because of our mindsets. Our mindsets are just so, so, so trapped in certain ways of thinking. And I'm not even saying this as everyone, but my goodness, I, I, I get so angry when I see believers trapped in a poverty mindset. Like we treat money like it's some evil. Brother David, money is the root of all evil. No, the love of money is the root of all evil. Why would Jesus say it's a test of your heart? Why would God implement this system as a means that would expand his church? Why did the New Testament believers give offerings? Why did Paul the Apostle challenge church leaders to bring gifts? Why does the Bible mention finances more than it talks about most other spiritual topics? Why does Proverbs give us wisdom for increasing wealth? Why does heaven hold more wealth than anything that we've ever even understood here on this side of eternity? Why does God give blessing? Why does God give favor? Why is promotion something that's of the kingdom? Why does Jesus say to pray that whatever is in heaven also comes to earth? Why did Jesus have followers that were wealthy? Why were all the patriarchs wealthy? Why did the glory of God in the Old Testament attract finances? Why are streets made of gold in heaven? Why does the Bible promise again and again and again increase for those who give it's because money is spiritual no not the US dollar no not yen talking about the means by which we interact the means by which societies are built the means by which we exchange make our living that is not an earthly idea that is God's idea Number one, you want to see God really, his hand increase in this hour. Number one, you have to have faith. Now we're going to get to the, the, the more practical elements, but it has to start here. It has to start here. Remember that worry is how you worship money. Whenever you start stressing about money, you're holding a worship service for mammon. You really don't need to worry. See, we think that's like, you know, again, it comes back to this poverty mentality. I'm not saying we shouldn't have compassion for those who are suffering financially. Of course. But I'm saying as far as we determine in our own lives, let's not do pity parties. I was there. I can remember one time just looking at, I was, I was sitting at, a, a, leaning on a coffee table that was broken and wobbling like this. I'm serious. Wobbly coffee table is so frustrating. 
took me like, I couldn't, I couldn't buy a new coffee table. Just wobbling. And I remember the bills were much higher than what was coming in. I was this close to saying, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go back to just writing again. That was the be it. I have to just give up everything I'm doing. And, and I remember just, you know, oh, woe is me. And, and the Lord rebuked me. I thought Jesus was coming to give me a hug. <laughs> oh, it's okay. No, he rebuked, where's your faith? Well, that's what he said. You people of little, like, how often did Jesus say, how, Jesus actually said, how, oft, how long will I have to put up with you? You have so little faith. He was just frustrated, like, don't you get it? And it wasn't like coming from this place of anger. It was coming from this place of, don't you realize who your father is? Don't you realize what God can do? So again, while everyone else in the world is panicking, that's exactly what they want you to do. Why? So that all opportunities left for them. Again, I'm not saying don't be wise. I'm going to talk about uh, this in a moment, the more practical elements. But number one, you have to have faith. Guys, either we believe this book or we don't. Let me tell you, let me tell you a good test. If you started withholding your giving to ministries, if you started withholding your giving to this church because of something you heard on the news, you're lacking faith. If you started to say, well, you know, I usually give this much, but this much I'm going to give this much because, you know, oh, just I'm hearing all these things. You lack faith. I'm just going to give it to you how it is, guys. And this is not coming from the place. Please don't, again, my tone, I hope, is, is, is just more of a wake-up call than anything. Because we are missing something here. If that's the way we're responding. And I'm not saying that's everyone here. But if that's the way we respond... What was our faith in to begin with? You know, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to share this, but it's kind of funny. I can always tell what kind of customer service I'm going to get by how many napkins they give me at a restaurant. <laughs> Let me just share. I know that's kind of weird. <laughs> and poor Steve has to put up with all my, my, my nitpicking at restaurants. And I, anywhere I go, I'm just analyzing how they, they, they run things. Because I've noticed this. When they give you, like, two napkins here, and they go, can I, can I get more napkins? You know, they act like they're grabbing a lot, then they grab one. <laughs> you know why they do that? Because management told them, oh, we, we, um, oh, we need to save money on those napkins. Don't give, don't, don't, don't give them too many napkins. Yeah. Or how many times have you seen a failing restaurant where it was so good, and then it started failing, saying, what happened? Well, you know, we had to get different meat, or we had to get different ingredients. Well, we, we just have, you know, we want to make sure we, we survive what's coming. And they don't realize that the things they think are saving them are actually costing them. And, and I realized, like, okay, like, like, you know, like sauce packets, too. Like, can, can I have one? Like, 50 cents. <laughs> and it's always those who are struggling. And it's not the sauce packet. It's not the amount of napkins they give you. It's the mindset and, and people don't realize if you just take care of the main thing, you have good customer service, good, everything else kind of takes care of itself. You manage it well. And, and, and so, they, so instead, what do they do? They, they treat their customer like an annoyance when that's their source. And so they're like, okay, well, you can have one app, but that's it because I need to save, you know, eight cents a week on this. Why? Because, because they're missing the main things. 
And it's that mindset that repeats again and again and again. And, and they think they're saving themselves. They think they're being smart about it when in fact they're costing themselves gravely because they don't understand the principles that actually get them customers. In the same way, when, when we face hardship, what's, what's our first instinct? Do you know, I, I kid you not, and again, guys, I'm using my testimony as an example. I'll say this one more time, then I'll stop with the explanations. I don't want you to think I'm trying to, uh, look, trust me, there was battles for me too in this area. But this is one revelation that the Holy Spirit really helped me with. And because of that, I've seen the fruit of it. And I'm standing here as a living testimony, as someone who said, who was the worst, I'm, I'm the worst case scenario guy. Okay, that's me. But the Holy Spirit helped me with that. And I'm telling you, these principles work. And I can tell you there were times when I would withhold. Now, do you know what I do when I'm in trouble? I release. I give. Doesn't matter. Con continue to give. There are times where it doesn't make sense to continue to give. Continue to give. Why? That's faith in action, which leads to number two. And I'll give you these briefly. Are you receiving this this morning? Good. Good. So number one is you have to have faith. Stop listening to the people who want the system to fail. They're just bored, honestly. They're just bored. So they're sharing all these things. Ooh, look what's coming. They're just bored, all right? It's all it is. It's, it's, not, it, it's never as good as, it's, as people say it is. It's never as bad. When they say, oh, economy is great, it's not really as great as you think it is because it can always come down. When it's going down, it's not really as horrible as you think it is. And even if the world, like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, like society is literally going to collapse. We're going to be driving around in ATVs with shotguns, <laughs> pillaging for different things. Like I saw like one article, someone said, oh, look at the, the food shortage. They, they look, at, look at this plant that, that they burned down. They, they showed all like these dead or, or these, these cows that all fainted. They died. And, and so they, they showed this article and it was like this, they just showed all these cows on the ground, just dead. And, you know, they're, they're playing scary music. Look at all these dead cows. See, they're coming after our food supply. That's it. I, I did the math on that. I said, okay, how many cows died? I kid you not. I went and did the math. I, I looked at the average of pounds of meat that we get per cow. And I said, okay, how much? Guys, it, it was not even half of a percent of a single day's supply of meat in the United States. Yet everyone talked about that instance as this is it. They're coming after us. They're taking it all out. Please be careful of conspiracy theories. There are bad things that happen in our world, admittedly. Yes, they happen. But, but, but again, why always go to the worst case? And even if we are riding around on ATVs with shotguns, you have the Holy Spirit. And, 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 you, and, you, have, and you, have, you have a God who can multiply food, make food appear. Okay? So, so why worry? And if that's not what you think, well, what do you, oh, I didn't think that was going to happen. Well, what did you think was going to happen? Well, I thought I'd have to cut back a little. Now, you have faith. Number two, generosity. We just read it. I read you that portion of Scripture in 2 Corinthians. Generosity is key because the favor of God's financial flow is like a river. Here's what most people don't realize. They, they want it coming to them, but not through them. And so what happens is if you have a water source coming to a dead stop, those waters begin to stagnate. Generosity is a river. You have to keep it flowing. 
As it comes, you release. As it comes, you release. And, and, and I found, again, it comes back to that, 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 that wanting to withhold. You think you're doing yourself a favor and you're not. And you, look, you're generous people. That's the reality. You watching online, you're generous. If, if you guys won that lotto, I can't because I'm from Texas now. And I don't play the lotto. But let's say someone, let's say you, you played the lotto, you won, and you repented later, okay? Okay, you would probably, the, Paramount would have a church paid off, a building. For, fact, right? How many can say it? Like, if you won that lotto, okay, I would get them a church building. Your friends and your family, all their houses paid, right? You would do it. Would, I hope you would. Your mom and dad, they'd have a house, right? Okay, right? So, so, so you're generous. But this is where the enemy comes in. This is where fear kicks in. You are generous. But then the enemy says, if you give to that, you'll lack here. That's the big lie that we believe. That if we release, we won't have. That is the lie that it comes down to. And it's just not true. So number one, have faith. Number two, generosity. Now here's an important step. Number three, stewardship. Do you realize that the people who are most heavily affected in these seasons are the ones who are already in trouble? And some of you have come into tough situations through no fault of your own. It could have been an accident. Maybe perhaps a spouse left. Perhaps one of your children got sick. So, So there is compassion that the Lord has for people who find themselves in these areas, which is why the Lord talks about giving to those in need. And we ought to do that. So I'm not talking about that person. So don't, don't, don't think, leave here thinking I'm talking about you and get all offended. I'm talking about the one who, who, who says they're struggling, yet has 12 streaming services that they never watch. You can't give to the church, but you can give to Netflix. Struggle, 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 but, but, but man, you're, you're eating out at restaurants almost... And, and this is where stewardship comes in. Do you realize that's, that's what the enemy tries to get us to do is your most powerful wealth creation tool. And again, I sound like I'm doing a finance seminar, but this is, this is Bible. Your most powerful wealth creation tool is your income. And the problem is people chip away at it with all these things they don't need. And so there's no money left to put into them. There's no money to start uh, something that God gave them that they're dreaming of. There's nothing to put in. There's no money to give. And then when things hit, it's hard. Getting into debt, why? Because you're, you're trying to impress people that aren't even taking a second look at what you're driving, or aren't even taking a second look at what you're wearing. We have a saying for those, me and Tim have a saying, where's Tim? I know you're back now, there you are. What do we say? We say, all flash, no cash. <laughs> look good, but their account's empty. And, and why is that? Why do people fall, find themselves in those situations? Why? Because, because, that's this need to impress. It's impulse. It's the cravings of the flesh. And because they can't fight the flesh, they can't say no to the flesh. And because they can't say no to the flesh, they have to say no to giving. Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. Even if he gave you a six-figure blessing right now, within six months with the way you live, you'd be back in debt. I saw it happen. There was a documentary. A homeless guy, they gave him $100,000 in a trash can. He found it. He opens the briefcase. You know his first words when he saw the money? He said, this isn't good. (laughs) 
I kid you not. Those were his first, he opens the briefcase. He goes, this isn't good. And, and he, he, he bought some person a car who gave him money once. He got into an apartment. He, 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 he took his girlfriend on a vacation. They expensive meals. Within six months, I believe, he was back on the street and actually in further debt than before. Because of the lack of stewardship. Your, your boat is sinking. You're saying, God saved me as you drill holes in it. Here's the problem. Some people are very generous. They give, they give, they give. They go, why isn't it working? Because on this other end of stewardship, you're not practicing what you want. So on stewardship, it's just spending, 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 buying what I want, buying what I think I need, no, no delayed gratification. And then on the other side, they're giving. You have to practice both generosity and stewardship together to produce the long-term effects. And finally, that leads me to the final point, which is faithfulness. The Bible tells us not to grow weary in doing that which is good. It's Galatians 6, 9. Here's the problem. Some people will practice generosity for a couple weeks, find out they don't really like it because it's not kicking in right away, and then they stop. Others practice good stewardship for a couple of weeks, find out they got really bored, and then they stop. It's a discipline. It's faith and discipline together that produce the results. And here's the problem. When times like we're facing now, the crisis, oh my goodness, the crisis. I'll say this to our home church, but you know, we've had people, and it, it's a very, very, very small percentage. Maybe it happens once or twice a week. We have people who regret that they gave to the ministry like six months ago. They gave a $50 gift six months ago. They'll literally tell their bank it was a fraudulent charge so that the bank reverses it, gives it back to them. And like, you know, if you just called us, we would have refunded you. But, but they're so afraid. They're pulling, 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 pulling. And, and, and they're, they're, they're terrified of what's happening and they lack what's called faithfulness. It was, it's exponential. The first year of doing it is the hardest. The second and third, you see, like, like Steve, right now you're doing your garden, right? When you start to see those, Steve's planting things in his backyard and those rabbits keep eating it though. <laughs> and he, he shows me pictures every so often. And I see these, these, what's the one that's growing good? You got a cucumber growing. Okay, so he's got a cucumber. And, and there's like a little, little leaf, the thing you showed me, because that right there, those are going to be cucumbers. And here's the problem. We, we, we want God to give us the trees when he's given us the seeds. And we don't want to wait. That's part of why you're in the problem in the first place. That's part of why you're in that situation to begin with. I know the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit started talking about this stuff, I was convicted. This can be, this can be quite convicting when you're talking about things this, this deep, this deep in the heart. And no, no, no moving around, please. After, after you can go, I know you got a job to do, but nobody else, please just for a few minutes. And so these things go deep in the heart and, and the Holy Spirit starts to deal with us, which is why maybe some just left the room. I'm just kidding. I don't know what's going on with them. But the Holy Spirit starts to deal with us, right? And, 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 and we get into this little fight. 
and we try to justify it. Well, God would understand, or, or he knows my heart, or one day when, and, and we're fighting. Stop talking about money, preacher. You know when people say that? It's because they're so convicted. They don't want to hear it. Like, like when Stephen the martyr was preaching the gospel and the, the, the religious leaders put their hands over their ears and started screaming. They, they, they didn't want to hear it. They just, just stopped talking about it. Again, I can preach on anything. People would rather me preach on politics than money. They'd rather me talk about their sin than lack of giving. Thank you. That was so good. I appreciate it. I needed to hear that. Money, why don't you just trust God? I do. Do you? fight there's this little this other little person in there and we, we think we're doing right by ourselves but we are piercing ourselves with many sorrows you know we we we, we i'm going to close with this thought we, we we say things like oh yeah the rich people it says tell those who are rich tell those who are rich tell those who are rich and we say yeah tell those rich people did you drive here in a car today do you have a cell phone a bed to sleep on? Are you, are you going to be starving today or are you already thinking about where you're going to go eat? You are the wealthy ones. You are the wealthy ones. Stop listening to the false prophets of CNN. And Fox, if you want me to balance it out, okay? <laughs> Anyone who is panicking or trying to cause panic, yes, plan. Yes, make preparations. Yes, adjust with the economy. Yes, have a savings. But don't become a worshiper of mammon. Now, I'm not taking an offering for my ministry. I'm, I'm, I'm just encouraging the church here. You know, as a son of the house, a son in the faith, sometimes my duty is to come in and just add, add my voice to where I see a need. And Pastor Mar and I have not talked about this. In fact, I just got here during the worship. We've not talked about this. This was not a discussion. But as I'm walking out the door, the Holy Spirit said, they need a faith booster in finances. And, and it's a small adjustment. But it's a, it's a battle to get there. That, that, that little person inside saying, no, I don't want like a, like a screaming, kicking kid. Doesn't want to let you have to discipline that flesh. And you t We are going to be generous. We are going to trust God. We're going to be faithful. And you watch, you watch. Look, God will provide for all his children, period. But I want to go from provision to prosperity. Some of you are settling for provision. That's what you get as a child of God. You, you're not going to lack. You're not going to be cursed if you don't give to the ministry or the church. That's not what I'm saying. But you're missing something. You're missing something. This is going to be a tough one to answer. But I want you to answer it regardless. And I don't want you to do that little game where you look around and say, can I get lost in a crowd? You may be the only one who comes up here. Because this is a very, very specific message. So I'll make it twofold. There's two groups of people I want to pray for. One, 
you, you, you're allowing the fear to infect your heart concerning your future and finances. You're getting nervous because of all the Facebook posts from your uncle who says he knows someone in government who said they're preparing for what's going to be the collapse and martial law is coming in next week. Right? Please, we have to stop with that. That's number one. You're allowing fear to infect your heart. Number two, you know you can be giving more and you should be giving more to this house. But you've allowed your giving to lack because of that fear. So maybe you're just afraid, but you do it anyway. God bless you. That's, that's tremendous. But maybe, just maybe, you've said, I kind of believe the hype. And prepare, yes. We all understand that. Economies go up and down. It's part of the, the cycle of economies. But, but, but you need to make a, a reaffirm that commitment in the area of your giving. If that's you either one of those, I want you to stand up right now and come down to this altar. We're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord to begin to touch his people. You've been, you've been allowing that fear to affect you. You've been allowing that, 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 uh, those lies to really get inside your head. And you've been saying, you know what? I've, I've been holding back. There's more than that here. And, and I know this is, this is not a shaming. Okay. Because I'll be honest with you. I, I go through those situations too, but you have to fight it. You have to maintain it. Come, stand up right now and come, if that's you. As I said, this, this is a very specific altar call. The Holy Spirit is telling me there are several more who just aren't responding. And this is that fight in the heart. And the fight is, I don't want people to think I'm not giving or think I don't have faith. No, no, this is just an area where we can use some improvement like any other altar call. So don't think too much of that. And besides, why think so much about what other people have to say if God is calling you forward? That's you. You say, I, I, could, I, need to, I need to reaffirm that. Stand up out of your seat and come down to this altar. The rest of you, please stand. We have to understand just how spiritual this is. The enemy fights us hard in this area. Precisely because he wants to remove that influence in the earth. It's an establishment of a kingdom that takes resources. Now you down here at this altar, look up at me. What you did today was very commendable. Because as I said, this is, a, this is a hot topic. And part of my advantage of being an evangelist is I can address hot topics because I'm gone tomorrow. No, but in all seriousness, I, I know this was a bit of a firmer challenge here this morning. But man, I sensed it. As I'm, I was walking out that door, I just knew that I knew that I knew that this was something that needed to be dealt with. And you're down here, you, you may be struggling, you may not be, you may just be worried about possibly struggling. I mean, that's, some, that's sometimes how layered it can become. But we need to, as the body of Christ, make a commitment now. And those of you here, will you commit to continue doing what you're doing? 
raise your hand if you say, I'll continue to do it. Look at great support. This is great support coming from great people for a great work. So reaffirm this. Lift your hands at this altar now. I'm going to do something different. Again, I'm just flowing with the Spirit here this morning, guys. You're here this morning. You're out there. And God has blessed you in this area of finances. You, 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 maybe you were one like me who you had an issue with, like where you were struggling. And then now that you, you, you learned the principles, would you come, men praying with men, women praying with women, would you come if that's you and just help us pray? Come, come out of your seat. Don't, 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 be, don't be shy about this. You say, you know what, that's me. You see someone here at the altar that needs prayer. And you're, you're blessed in this area. I want you to come and lay hands on people. Where's Sandy at? I know Sandy operates in this. Tim, where are you? I know you're doing as, as God instructs you in this area. There you are. Come on, just come lay hands on this. Maybe you own a business. Maybe this is something you've, 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 you've dealt with and, and you, you, you're a business person. You see another business person up here. This is, this is what the support of our brothers and sisters in Christ is for. Just begin to lift your voices. Pray right now. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.